0: Will you pray with me? Lord, we do want to affirm the words of those, that song, um, praying that you will keep us by your spirit pure and strong and true. And we know that it is in your plan to empower us through daily feeding on your word. So God, in this moment, we pray, pray that you will make your ancient word alive and active and real for us in this room, in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Over the course of the summer, we have been uh, remembering the life of King David of Israel and retracing some of his footsteps in his spiritual journey with God. When we last left David last week, he had just finally been anointed king, first over Judah the southern kingdom and then over the northern kingdom of Israel as well. And this was a long, long time in coming. It only took us seven weeks to do this over the summer. But when the promise was made to David of Bethlehem, he was a teenager. And by the time he was king over all of Israel, he was 37 years old. What really matters in his life, though, is not his title, not his position, not his power, But the fact that he remained through those long and difficult years while he was waiting for the promise to come true, that he remained a man, a person after God's own heart. And today, as we take this first step with him after he's become king, we'll see an incredible way for us to be a person after God's own heart in the way we make decisions in life. Now, there are a few different ways of looking at life. One way is this, to look at your life as a series of one awesome thing, one blessing after another. Does anybody see their life that way? You don't have to raise your hand. Some people do. Other people, we know people like that, and we think, oh, they're optimists. That's the nice word, right? Some of you are thinking, no, they're just naive. Some of us go through life that way. Others go through life seeing the course of our days as just a series of experiences, most of them painful. Life is just mostly pain that has to be endured. We call those people grumpy. No. <laughs> kind of. We call them pessimists. We call them the glass half-full people, right? The optimists are the glass No, half-empty people, the optimists of the glass half-full people. And then there's the third category of people who are like, look, I have a glass. There's some water in it. I'm trying to deal with it. (laughs) Right? We call those people the realists. Right? Just accepting life moment. If you've seen the movie where this fantastic quote comes from, Mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. We call those people Gumpy. (laughs) No, those are realistic people, I like to think, right? All of us, if you've lived more than a few years, you know, not dependent on your attitude, not dependent on your spiritual life, some things come to us that are just difficult and painful and sometimes unexpectedly awesome and beautiful and joyful things happen to us. David, I believe, was this third category of person. A realist. here's my life, I just have this glass, I'm dealing with it, kind of person. I'm going to be reading today about his realism from 1 Chronicles chapter 14. The story for today starts this way. Now David knew that the Lord... Had established him as king over Israel, and that his kingdom had been highly exalted for the sake of the people Israel. Notice who's credited with David's rise to power. Notice who's credited for David's success. David has done an awful lot, but the author of David's success, according to Scripture and David himself, is the Lord. And did the Lord give David success just so that he could be comfortable and happy? No. The Lord brought David to the kingship of Israel for the sake of everybody else. David knew that his life, his position, his power and leadership came from God. Therefore, when it comes to making decisions in David's life, God's opinion comes first. Now, this is the the critical knife's edge of how we approach our own life and times, friends. If you view your life, your position, your possessions, your responsibilities as coming from yourself and your achievement and your own two hands, then when it comes time to make a decision about anything, you just turn to yourself. Because it's all coming from you anyways. But if you recognize that your life, your achievements... The possessions that you have, your responsibilities, if those are coming directly from God, then when you come to the threshold of a decision or a choice or a tough situation to face, then the person whose opinion matters most is not your own, but is God's who gave you everything to begin with anyways. This is what it means fundamentally to be a person after God's own heart, to trust God's opinion and direction first. And if you live long enough, almost instinctively. Now, in regular life, we talk about making decisions. I make a decision to do this. We, when we use the word decision, we mainly credit our own little selves with doing this. Sometimes in the Bible, sometimes in the church, we use what I think is a better word for us today, which is the word discernment. When you discern something... You are not necessarily using your own willpower and force of will just to do what you want, but you are trying to sort out and ascertain and determine reality and, in a spiritual sense, how God wants you to live into reality. In 1 Chronicles 14, here's how David does this in what is potentially a messy and horrible situation. Now, the arch enemies of Israel from the time David was a boy fighting Goliath... Until 25 years later when he was king Were the Philistines They hadn't gone away yet Now when the Philistines heard That David had been anointed king Over all Israel They went up in full force To search for him But David heard about it And went out to meet them Now do you think they wanted to give David Maybe some nice presents Maybe a welcome to the neighborhood Box No, they wanted to kill him. David had lived for a while in their midst, and they really hated him at this point in time. Now, the Philistines had come, and they raided the Valley of Rephaim. Now, it's not important that you know exactly where this is, but it is important that you know that this valley was kind of strategically dividing the north and the south of David's kingdom. So they were trying to split apart his kingdom from the first days of his rule. Uh, Now you're going to be the voice of God in yellow. So David inquired of God, shall I go and attack these Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord answered him, go, I will deliver them into your hands. Now in solving my problems, my default position is to ask myself, what do I want to do? What's in my best interest? What's my best strategy here? What would be of the most benefit? These are not the best questions you or I can ask myself. They're decent questions, but there are better questions. And David demonstrates what the best question is here. He goes and inquires of God Given what I'm facing realistically in my life, this army of Philistines, what do you want me to do? He is discerning. Now, wouldn't it be great when we inquire of God? The Bible makes this seem very easy, right? You're faced with an attacking horde, and you simply ask God, what should I do? And God says very clearly in a short sentence, go and I'll deliver them into your hands. God generally doesn't speak that quickly or clearly to me. Does he for you? How did David do this? How did David inquire of God? Uh, So there were, in Old Testament times, uh, these two things called the urum and the thumum. Anybody heard these words before? They're mentioned all over the Old Testament, but I think we New Testament Christians are embarrassed by this. So nobody talked. There are these two stones. They were part of the high priest's breastplate initially when God gave priests to his people and these two stones and somehow you could inquire of God and somehow the stones would give you an answer. If you pardon me a little bit of a facetious moment, the only thing I can draw a modern analogy to is like a magic eight ball. You know what a magic eight ball is? You ask it a question and you shake it and then it says, go to Pizza Hut or so this, this is a horrible example, and a magic eight ball is of no good, of course. But somehow in Old Testament times, uh, God's will was regularly discerned through these stones, the urum and the Thummim. This is probably what David used. We know from Chronicles and Samuel that on other occasions it says directly that he used the Urim and the Thummim to inquire of God. Partly, I think... That God, in His kindness, because the people Israel were so young, that God, in His kindness, was overly clear in speaking to them. You know, I have teenage kids at home. I can speak to them like adults. When they were little kids, I would get down on my knees on eye level and speak short and direct and simpler words to them. You know what I'm saying? And I think with the Urim and the Thummim, it's like God was doing that because his people didn't yet have a very full revelation of who he was or what he was like. They didn't have the whole scripture to know the heart of God. So God would use these stones sometimes to communicate very directly to his people. We no longer have these rocks, right? So when it comes time for us to inquire of God, what do we do? The best thing you can do is to have spent the previous decades of your life getting to know the Bible. Okay, Because the Bible is the best way of knowing God's habits and patterns and what he desires for your life in general. There are some other good ways of inquiring of God in your life. One way, another great way, is to talk with wise friends. This is maybe the second best way to simply realistically talk about your life and see what your friends reflect back to you. I was talking with our organist this morning, Judy Dute, about this very issue uh, not too long ago. And uh, we were both talking about a time in our life where we faced a very similar decision. And she related that uh, a young woman, 20 years old, asked her a very direct question. And it helped very much determine God's next step for her. If you are facing something today, do not keep it all inside. Talk to people that you know know Jesus Christ and simply lay your situation before them and listen carefully to how they respond. Another great thing to do, even as New Testament Christians, is to simply take out a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and ask what the pros and cons of the decision that you're facing are. Right? People everywhere do this, whether they're following Jesus Christ or not. Like, God wants us to use our rational minds in determining his will. However, if you would do this and there would be 20 things on the left-hand side, on the pro side of the page, and 10 things on the con side of the page, it could be that the Spirit of God might still speak to you and say... You know what? It's not the right thing. My wife and I did this when we were trying to sort out whether to move to Elmhurst nine years ago. And quite frankly, the con list was longer than the pro list. But here we are, right? Because my wife was whispered to by the Holy Spirit, and eventually I got the message. Now I'm getting at something deeper which in the spiritual tradition is called an attitude of consolation and an attitude of desolation. What I mean by that is, if if you're facing a decision, and some of you are today, if you think, if I walked down this path, what would it be like? I mean, use your spiritual imagination, wonder about how your walk with God would go, wonder about how your most significant relationships would go, Live into that for a couple days. And if you feel within your spirit consolation, joy, lightness, that very well might be the Holy Spirit communing with your spirit. If, however, you use your imagination and think, oh, if I live into this, what would happen in my life? in my finances, in my walk with God, in my relationships. And if you use your imagination and if you start feeling that nagging, kind of dark sense of doubt, desolation, that could very well be the Holy Spirit communing with your spirit to try to speak to you. This is a very important spiritual exercise. Um, About three years ago, our congregation read a little book called The Ten Second Rule. I do not recommend this book for big decisions in life, like, who should I marry, where should I go to college, (laughs) perfect, some of you remember this book. But in smaller decisions in life, should I help this friend today? Or when you feel the um, kind of generous urge to do something, the 10-second rule is, It might be the Holy Spirit working in your heart, especially if it's something sacrificial or kind or generous that's being called forth from you. And the 10-second rule is you have 10 seconds to say yes and cooperate, otherwise your brain will find good reasons why you're too busy and will talk yourself out of it. So on a simpler and less important decision level, sometimes the 10-second rule, that whisper of the Holy Spirit, can be hugely important in taking a little step toward doing what God wants us to do. Here's what happened to David. He inquired of God, and God gave him marching orders. So David marshaled his men. He went and fought the Philistines. He defeated them. He renamed the place of the battle. Uh, In English, this place would be called God is Breaking Out. And then he destroyed all the Philistines' false gods burned their idols to ash right on the spot. Now, when we inquire of God, I think part of us is tempted to kind of give up our will, like, God, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to ask you, and then whatever you ask, then it's a done deal. But notice David inquired of God, and then God called forth from him, after giving him direction, called forth this incredible, proactive Behavior. David had to go into a... God spoke and then David had to go fight a battle. Right? God didn't make it easy for him just because he spoke. God spoke and empowered David and then David had to live with all his might. There's nothing about the spiritual life or trying to follow God's will that gets us off the hook from living our own life with as much energy and power and force as we can. If anybody's ever kind of subliminally told you that Christians need to just be like a doormat, oh, I'm serving everybody, I'm sacrificing, I don't even know what I want, I just try to do a good, like that is not the way. When God speaks and gives you direction, it calls forth more energy than you thought you had. That's one of the proofs that it was God talking to you. There's one more scene in this little story. So David has defeated the Philistines, they're not happy, so they come back. Once more, the Philistines raided the same valley. So David inquired of God again, the Urim and the Thummim, and God answered him, But circle around them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move out to battle because that will mean God has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So one time, God's direction is just, go up and fight and I'll deliver them. This time, God speaks some amazingly Complicated and nuanced directions. Basically, David, I'm going to send you on a military end around, and then when you hear what I'm assuming is the angel army going in front of you in the tops of the trees, then you're to run out and do battle again. So David did as God commanded him, and then they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer, from east to west, all the way across the country. The results of these two little scenes is that David is established as king. We don't hear about the Philistines any longer. He defeats their archenemy, and an era of peace and prosperity begin for the kingdom of Israel, all because, unlike his predecessor, King Saul, who consulted with numero uno, David consults with the one whose opinion matters the most and then follows directions. Now, the story concludes with this verse. So David's fame spread throughout every land, and the Lord made all the nations fear him. Who is credited at the end of the day here? The Lord made everyone fear him. David's victories are depicted again and again as Yahweh's work, as God's work. And with the defeat of the Philistines, the way is now open for the ancient promise of a promised land to finally be fulfilled through David. But the real strategist, the real victor here, is not the great King David. It's God himself. This was true for David 3,000 years ago. This is 100% true in our lives today even if each of us were really, really smart and clever and successful and making great personal decisions for ourselves, we would leave this room after today and go out in the world. And even if we were clever and determined, the amount of good we would do in the world would be very small and limited. Because we, friends, are human beings. We are creatures. We are small But if each of us leave this room today and are discerning what the leading of God is for your life and your life and your life and and my life, if we are all discerning that voice and then simply obeying the one next step that God reveals to us, enormous good will result because God is the king of the universe and sees the whole picture. He sees how all reality and how every strand of each of our lives fits into the beautiful tapestry that he is weaving and if we all do our parts to hear his voice awesome things will happen personally in our church in our community sometimes i wish i could know what god wanted for a whole month or a whole year or a whole decade But that is not, in my experience, how God gives direction. Quite frankly, if God came to me a year ago and said, Here's what the next year holds, Greg, I might not have gotten out of bed. (laughs) I mean, in some ways, it's been a good year, it's been kind of a tough year at our house. Like, if God showed you the challenges you would face in the next 12 months or five years, many of us would not get out of bed. In His mercy, God does not show us too much. But God faithfully, regularly shows what the next step of being His disciple is. God, here's what I'm facing today, this week. How can I be your man? How can I be your woman? How can I be your student? Those are prayers that God loves, loves, loves to answer. In determining God's will right here, right now, today, here's what I know, and we don't even need an urum to figure it out. God's desire for you today is that the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, would be enough to earn your forgiveness and compel your thanksgiving and heartfelt gratitude toward Him. A hundred percent confident that is God's will for you today. That you accept Christ, that you reaccept Christ, that you rejoice in the gift of salvation that you affirm that he can forgive us, that you allow yourself to be fed just a moment from now at this table, that you allow yourself to be strengthened for the journey ahead, to be empowered to follow God's unique path for you, that narrow, difficult path that is the box of chocolates of your life. As you come to this table can you do so with assurance and confidence that right here, right now, you are where God wants you to be? Can you come to this table in just a moment with the joy that comes from being in God's will, in God's place, in God's time? Can you, no matter what your circumstances today and what decision you are facing, allow yourself to be provided for spiritually in this simple and mystical and tangible way. God has done so much for us through Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Son of God. But now we are the ones who must get up and step forward and receive and accept and say thank you. That is our job. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word, and we pray that one by one, God, you will give us the wisdom to seek your face and the openness to hear the way your spirit responds to us. God, use our friends, use the scripture, use those 10-second stirrings, use the pro and con columns we make. Use our imaginations, but God, speak to us and then give us the courage that we need to follow you. And thank you for the step that is in front of us right here and right now to remember and give thanks for your work, Lord Jesus.